This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Chapter 14, and uh, you put the verses on the screen, and we'll read together. We must really be right there flowing very closely what the Lord wants to do today because all eyes must be on Jesus. John chapter 14, please, if you put verse 16, and we're reading to verse 27 together, through to verse 27. Shall we go? Want to go? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Please, let's, let's read it with gusto, with energy. Are we ready now? Are we ready to go? All right, want to go. And I will pray the Father... And we give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. The world see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you will live. So, at that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that we manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things are spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Amen. And may the Lord bless the reading and the hearing of his word in Jesus' name. Very quickly, I want to tell you something. It's like a statement and I'll I'll, I'll develop it in, in a little while. It is not what you have that matters, but who you have. It is not what you have that matters, but who you have. And there are many places in the scripture that points to that very clearly for us that many at times, as if he was sharing with us, you know, we're going through things. It's not so much about you going through, it's about who you have. Your, your life possession means very little. It is who you really have that matters most. Let's look at Matthew chapter 14, verse 14. 
We're going to read quite a number of scriptures today. Matthew 14, verse 14. And I'll just talk to you from the scripture. And Jesus went out. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. Let's keep going, please, if we may. When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and feed and buy themselves food. Verse 16, but Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Stop there. The disciples, they were looking at themselves. They said, we don't have something. We don't have food to give them. But Jesus Christ was teasing them as it were. He said, you, you don't need to send them away. You, you give them something to eat. He knew that they didn't know the idea of what he wanted to teach them. And in verse 17, what did the Lord say? He said, and they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. They were simply saying, this is all we have. But Jesus Christ said, you have more than that. What do you have? You have me. You have more. You have more than the little that is your bank account. You have more than whatever bill or whatever situation or circumstance that you are facing. You have Jesus. And I think that we're sinking very earlier on this afternoon. And then they brought the bread unto him and multiplied them and he fed 5,000 people with them. Acts chapter 3 verse 1. Acts chapter 3 verse 1. A similar story. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, verse 2, please. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask arm from those who entered the temple. Who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for arms. And fixing his eyes on him, with John, Peter said, look at us, stop there. This man has been begging for so long. And one day he saw Peter and John as they were coming in. He expected that they had money to give him. And many at times people are having expectation of you. And they don't know your circumstance. And people come knocking on your door before. Things are so tight. Please, just for a few days, just for a few months, or before the salary comes, give me something. And you are just laughing, saying, I was about coming to you too. People look at people from outside. They see something different. They see a nice suit. They see a nice dress. They see shiny shoes, but they don't know what we're carrying. People have sicknesses in their body. And probably somebody asking you, help me lift up somebody. You don't know that I'm so weak of and lacking in energy. But Peter and John haven't been with Jesus. It surprised us with what they did. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. And that might mean, look at, you know, I don't know what he had in mind when he said, look at us. But when I was looking at that story, I think that was a, something that played out there. This man has been used to begging. You, you've seen beggars before. We don't, okay. I think we do have them on Union Street. They're not very, you know, as aggressive as they are. I mean, if you've been on the underground in London, they could be pretty aggressive. And so, you know, they sit down there and you say, you know, spirit change. That's the way. Do they do spirit change in Aberdeen? Okay, there's a spirit change, okay? And so the man was saying spirit change, and you know, when you are probably still dilly-dallying and you don't know, just move to the next person. And I think the man had just moved to the next person. This one, they don't have anything. And so the man said, call their attention, as you sometimes say, say, take or look here. I want to give you something. And verse 5, what did he say? He said, so he gave them his attention, now expecting to receive something from them. A few minutes back, the man expected them that they had something. 
A few minutes after that, the man thought they didn't have anything. Probably moved on, okay? And a few minutes after that, the man now came to conclusion that, oh, maybe they actually have so they want to give me something. And he was expecting. But they could have probably let the cat out of the bag or, 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 or missed the point. What is the next verse says? Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I have, I give to you. It should have been but what? Who I have. Because it's Jesus that he brought into them. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, do what? Rise up and walk. It is not what you have. It is what? Who you have. The same thing happens. We might not need to read that one. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, when Goliath was railing against David and was cursing him and saying everything. And in actual fact, in verse 15, let's put that up, please. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Let's go to verse 42. Let's go further down. Verse 42. It's worth it. And when the Philistines looked about and saw David, he disdained him. He belittled him. And some people, the first one that we mentioned, that are some people that see you, they expect more from you than you have. Amen? But there are some people that are looking at you, they expect nothing from you. He said this one from top to bottom, you can't deliver. You can't deliver. You know, I learned that they say where you go to a shop, that they look at your belt. You know, is that what they do? They say, gentlemen, they look at belts. You are looking at my belt. <laughs> I bought it from Debenhams. You say, my, this man doesn't know fashion. No, I don't. So they look at you from there. They say, maybe as some of you are looking, I say, this man doesn't, he doesn't see far. <laughs> he belittled him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. He was not rugged looking. He was not looking like a man of war. He was not looking tough. So the Philistines said to David, he was even, the man even felt insulted that David was coming to him. Number one, you are small. I expect you to have so much of armor. I expect you to be bragging and everything. So the Philistines said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? But David was not looking at what he had. He was looking at who he had. And the Philistines cursed David by his gods. Can you imagine? I mean, the man did not, the man was so enraged. Number one, I was going to kill you anyway, but before I kill you, let me curse you. He was so angry. What his neighbor says. And the Philistines said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the fields. Verse 45, where we're going. Then, somebody say then. Because your own story will be then very soon. Oh, that will be then. And he said, Then David said to the Philistines, You come to me with a sword and with a spear. You come to me with things and with a javelin. But I come to you what? In the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. You come to me with things, I come to you with him. You better attack every situation with him. The title of our message today shall be The Presence of the Holy Spirit. The Presence of the Holy Spirit. It's not, I repeat myself, it is not so much of what you have, it is what? Who you have. And believe you me, if you have the right person, the right connection, there's nothing that has been possible for you. Stop chasing things that perish. Stop chasing things that can be expendable. Truly and indeed, relationships are inexpendable. If you are knitted and you have a deep relationship, even with human beings, it lasts beyond even their lives. You agree with me? But money will finish. Oh, you are telling me it's because I've not seen real money. You are joking. Ask Michael Jackson. He made over a billion dollars. 
he died with a debt of 300, more than $300 million. Money is not everything. I mean, that's money. If you make a billion, and the royalty was still running. As royalty were coming, it's not just, he, he didn't win the lottery. It had been the lottery, won the money, spent it, and finished. No, money was strictly in, and it was still going down. And it, it was the obvious example because it's a public figure. It's not what you have, but what? And so make sure you have him. Make sure you stay tight with him. Because if you have someone, it is a living relationship, and the person will rise up to your circumstance as they need be. But if it is a static thing, I've warned you before, I've told you friends before, buy the best house in 10 years' time. That house, every equipment, you will need to change your kitchen. It's not what you have, it's who you have. State of the art, everything, 10 years' time. It's too too long. Forget about cars. Cars are only for two years. After two years, everything has changed. From time, sometimes I feel compelled by my circumstance, you know, to change my, by my car, you'll you be, you be surprised if that circumstance can make you change car. But I'll tell you the story another day, not today. And I find out the car that you used six years ago, they are so far behind. Oh, forget about my car in London that you're tired of hearing. Hearing about. You know? And you see that things move quickly. But when you have a living relationship, it can only get better. Materials, they depreciate. Relationship, they appreciate. They must. Materials must depreciate. Build a house. Don't live in it. I can guarantee you. Give it five years, we fall apart. And that is the second law of thermodynamics, isn't it? Everything tends to disruption. Everything falls apart. That's it. Everything. These chairs, they are staying this way because we are using them. You stop using them, give them five years. The clothes will be tiny. And anyway, the more we use it, we see it eventually. So get ready to buy new ones. Hallelujah. I will join you to buy them. It is not what you have. Say it after me. It is not what you have. It is who I have. Say it together. It is not what I have, but who I have. And in the name that's above all names, your relationship with the Holy Spirit shall get deeper. Number two, where you are is not as important as who is there with you. Digest that one. Where you are is not as important as what? Who is there with you? Do you know heaven is heaven because God is there? No, that's why it's heaven. The Bible tells me in Revelation chapter 21, it says that in heaven there shall be no temple there because God will be the temple. He said, there shall be no sun or moon there because God himself will light it. Just telling you that everything about heaven is God. On earth, there are some things, because we are still in an imperfect state. You know, there's a mixture of flesh, but the spirit, a mixture of what is of God and what is not of God. But in heaven, everything with the other people, that's why it's heaven. May you have a taste of heaven. Everything in heaven, the air you breathe will be God. The, everything, everything. Forget about the, 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 the street of gold. The real content of heaven will be the light that is there and the center of attention, which is God himself, the temple. And hell is hell because what? God is not there. No, 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 no. It's because God is not there. Oh, it's because God is not there. And that's why people without God, they are living through mini hell. Yeah, also, the second part is true. Totally give that to you. But number one thing is because God is not in hell. 
Because, in fact, we call death, second death, it's not that people will stop to exist. It's because they'll be permanently, what, separated from God. That's what we call the second death. They will still be living. Their soul will be there. Their spirit will be alive. They will know what is going on. But for some reason, they will have to. Do you know, don't you know that every human being, for now, we have availability or we have access to God. Now, in hell, they will never have access to God. The worst of sinners, you say, have access to God. And the Bible is replete of example. Like Isaiah chapter 43, a well-known verse to you in verse 2. Tells me that it is not where you are that matters. For instance, that you are in Aberdeen does not matter. And actually, I was going by my number one prayer, and I was still going to pray it. I was driving down, coming from King's West End, and I got to that roundabout of RBS. And for some reason, I was looking at my right. You know, that's the West End of Aberdeen, the wealthiest part of this town. And I was driving down, I was just looking, and I saw to let, to let. I said, ah. Ah, my heart broke. And I went into intercession mode. I said, this city needs help. I mean, before, if you go to get an office, an office in the West End, you will probably queue for five years. And they still be hiking the price every day. To let, one after another, to let. Where have they gone? Where have they gone? And yet, in this same city, we're going to pray there will be a change. But even in this same city, that's, we may say that it's hard. If God is with you, your story will still be different. You understand what I'm saying now? So it is not where you are. It is who is there with you. If God is with you, Isaiah 43, when you pass through the waters, well, what, is number one, what is the next sentence? And through the woods and through the rivers, when you walk through the fire, no shall the flame. But what was the first major statement? I will be with you. Folks, let us take this Emmanuel thing very seriously. God with us. That's why he came. God with us. It makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. If God is the person, look, your tomorrow is settled. You know, as I've always shared with you, brethren, I don't, it doesn't bother me much where the person is. You know what I look at? What is your trajectory? Because many times you are following somebody who is on their way down. And it's very difficult to know where the person is going. Or you align yourself with a relationship with a person. You know, we're going to do business. We're going to do this together. Watch out first. Are they going up or going down? But when a person has God, I can I am least I'm reasonably assured that the person is going up. In Daniel chapter 3, another story was told there that it is not where you are that matters, but what? Who is there with you? Verse 21. Daniel 3, 21. It's not where you are, it's who is there. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fairy furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took off Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Some of you know the story. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning fairy furnace. Stop there. The fire was very hot. You know the story, some of you. What does the next verse say? What does it say? Then King Nebuchadnezzar, the king that threw them into the fire, was astonished. People will be astonished at you very soon. And he arose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselor, did we not cast three men bound into the... 
God could have delivered them without being there. But he decided to be there to let you know that it is. It does not matter where you are. Are you in fire now? It does not matter. It won't bother you if God is there. Is the, the presence? He says, "Did we not cast three men in the midst of the fire?" They answered and said, "Yes." Okay, verse twenty-five. Very quickly, look. He answered, "I see how many four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the." How did unbeliever queen learn about the Son of God? God opened his eyes. Very soon, people will see the evidence in your life and my life. And they'll be able to say, God is with you. Very quickly, we look at one or two. And, and I can multiply the example. Second Timothy, I shared that with you many times. Verse 4, I mean chapter 4. You know, beginning from verse 14 right to verse 18. When one of the most heart-wrenching things in the world. Paul, the apostle, he preached to many nations. The greatest church, you know, you know what do you call it? Um, church planted, the greatest missionary. That could be recorded. And there the man was when he was being tried. He said, At my first hearing, at my first case in court, the first time that I appeared before the judge, he said, All do what? Deserted me. Ah! And then they cried. He said, Where are human beings? Now, these were not unbelievers. These are bishops and pastors that deserted him. And that's why, you know, God, in his mercy, I, I, I pray this prayer. God in his mercy will help you and I not to feel disappointed by human beings. Because the real source of bitterness. Even the person that disappointed you may have walked away where you are still bitter, you may miss heaven. Be wise enough. Don't let any human being disappoint you. It it's a very, very potent, the devil uses it every day. And that's one of the things that I check myself about. If I think that what you did to me I'm about to go to bed. It's the last thing flashing in my eyes. I must deal with it. Ah, no, you can't, you, can't, you, can't, you can't punish me twice. What you've done to me is hurting me. And on top of that, I'm now so changed that I'm in disfavor with God to the extent that I may be shut out of the kingdom. Ah, it's Matthew chapter 18 that was telling us that if you don't forgive from your heart the person that has hurt you. And so it's very important that this man went through this painful experience. But thanks be to God. He said, may he not, what? That man was hurt, oh. May he not be hurt. Because he knew these people should have stood by him. Should have been there, where are you? The next verse. Sweetest verse of the Bible for me. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. The Lord stood with me. May the Lord stand with you. I believe the Spirit is telling my heart to say that as you are in this room, you have been disappointed by people that you love. And, you are, and you, are, you are almost blanking out, hearing what I'm saying. From now on, the presence of the Lord shall be real in your life. Amen. And you will never need to worry anymore. Amen. Number one, what did we say? It is not what you have that matters, but what? Number two, it, it, where you are does not matter. It is who is there with you. That man was in prison, but God was there with him. Very quickly, how do I know the presence of the Lord in the short time that I have left? I just tell you three things. How do I know I have? Because if you don't know God is with you, it's better you begin to find out how you can get God to be with you. Does that make sense? And you only begin to find out how you can get God to be with you more, the Holy Spirit to be with you more, the presence of the Holy Spirit to be more in your life, when you have diagnosed your own challenge, your problem, or your state, and know that it doesn't look like the Holy Spirit is with me. Number one, 
If the Holy Spirit is present with a person, number one is that you will feel the presence. The presence is the word that we use for the glory. The presence is the word we use for that tangible feeling that I know that, you know, I'm not alone. It could be on a personal level. It could be in a corporate level where we are gathered like this together. And if you come to church for so many weeks, so many months, and you never feel the presence of God, because the presence of God is also very personal. This morning, I know the Lord is here. This afternoon, I know the Lord is here. But we, are, we all felt the presence differently. It depends on how open you are. It depends on how taught you are to know that God is there. That word is called the kabod. In the Hebrew word, that is the presence. In the, in the, in the Greek, it's called doxa. Where you get doxology from, which is, means blessings. When God is there, the, the first thing you will the Holy Spirit is there. There's a presence you feel. Sometimes, not every time that, and it can touch your emotion. You might feel a warmth. You might feel a tingling. You might feel, be emotional. Tears streaming down your eyes, not of sorrow, but of joy. Or even unexplainable. But it is very important that you check from time to time. Do I feel the presence of the Lord? I repeat again, if constantly, three months gone, you've not known that sense that God is with you. Let's go back to the drawing board and check. Now, many a times, you may not feel it simply because of this. i tell you why. It's like wearing the perfume. If you wear a perfume regularly, over a period of time, I think the chef life, most of the time, the best, even the one that has... That's, you know, perfume work by working with your skin. You know, some will work with your skin, some will not. You know. Anyway, if you find out that after about two months maximum, you wear a perfume, you don't smell it yourself. You don't. And then you enter into a room, and that's why some of you, that you keep smelling like a, like a perfume shop. <laughs> you know? Because you spread it on, ah, I'm not spending, spread it on. And then before you came out, you emptied the whole bottle. And then you enter into here and say, oh, man. A perfume is only good when it's very subtle. You know, you, you walk past it, oh, there's a whiff there. And you must know. Now, the Holy Spirit is like that sometimes. It's like the perfume. Because you've, you have him sometimes, and it will take an external person to walk into this church to know that God is here. How many of you have taken that for granted? You walk in week in, week out. You, you, know, you come in and you go out. And sometimes you don't even know what you have. I've seen people walking through that door. They said there's something strange. I said there's nothing strange here. It's the Holy Spirit. Some people walk in there. They just broke down and cry. Because they are entering first time into the perfume. Now, does that excuse you from experiencing that pressure? Because it is important. The reason why you must experience the pressure is that we open you up. For instance, as she was leading and she sensing the presence of the Lord, as the choir was leading, as the, as the backup and the, you know, the larger choir was at their playing instruments, Afemi came up, Joshua came up to come and lead us in song. You know, the minister better when you know God. You, you've sensed within you that God is there. You know, you are freer in doing it, so it's important. Now, if it's like perfume, and we are so used unto this particular way in which God expresses himself unto us, how do I make sure? Because I may then just be completely, you know, smell death. I know, completely loss of smelling. and not smell to, to, to the presence of God. What do you do? How do you get to smell him again? How do you get to feel him again? Two things you may do. You can smell coffee. I'm using natural examples now. Have you, do you know what you can do also? If you go to a perfume shop, oh, I'm talking so much about perfume now. 
I think I was one of the countries before, I think with my wife, and we were in a shop. We just wanted to buy perfumes of somebody. I think it's somewhere in the Far East. And we went, you remember very clearly, it's the only place they did it for us. And we went, we just wanted to buy the best perfumes. We didn't have a large budget, but you know, usually when you don't have a lot of money, you spend more time to get what you want. You understand? Because if we had a lot of money, we'll have gone to that shop, we just go for the high end of where the perfumes are, just pick the one that they're selling, you know, 50 mils for about 100 pounds, just pick it, you know it will be good. More, more fun than not. Or you probably have two of them. I like this one, I don't like this one. But when you are doing that, end, so we smelt and smelt and smelt and smelt and smelt. Not knowing that we are doing damage. And then we were still so long there that the poor lady there came to our aid. Because... God just knew that we've killed all the nerve endings in our nose, and we couldn't hear anymore. So the woman brought, you remember, the woman brought a jar of coffee. He said, we should smell coffee. I don't know how it works, but so when you smell coffee, it's like it rejuvenates your sense of smell. And then eventually, we eventually, we then bought something. So also in the spirit, we are so conversant with God. It's important that you go into that place of greater intimacy. Coffee, uh, so I'm trying to link that together. I hope it works. It's, it's more than that place where a lot of surge of energy we need to come in. You need to do a little bit more than you have done before. Or oh, easier still, if you don't want to go the way of the coffee. You can all together, if it's a perfume you are wearing yourself, wear another one. So you can actually have many. So there's another angle it is worship that is making the presence fail before. Now you can come in from the angle of just something else. You understand what I'm saying? But insist on it that you will not have six months that you don't feel the tangible presence of God. If I come to this church, as, as I have the privilege of worshiping here week in, week out, except for when I'm out, and we worship, we praise God. As three months have gone, six months have gone, I really don't feel compelled to fall on my knees or, to, or to, to cry that emotional cry of feeling the presence of God. Is that something is wrong with me or something's wrong with this place? Or could be something wrong with both. It is important that we must feel the presence. Number two, very quickly before I close. Not only the presence will you feel, you must also feel the power. Or the power will show that God is there. How Jesus Christ anointed, how God anointed Jesus Christ on Nazareth with what? Holy Ghost and power. Who went about doing good? For God was with. If God is with you, power will be. Power will be. And let's insist on power, brethren. Let's insist on power. He said, the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. He says, one day Jesus, Christ, Luke chapter 5, he said, one day Jesus Christ was preaching, but the, and the power of God was what? Was present to him. Hallelujah. When God is there, it is impossible for things to remain the same. When you come in here every Sunday, insist, Lord, show up. When we all pray together, who knows? You might even be having another sister in mind. Show up for that sister with that case. It might be you that God will show up for. It's a story of a man. Probably he's in, this, he's in the church today. He's in church today about being, uns- being unselfish in your prayer. Two roommates, some of you have had the story before. Two roommates, they were in the same room in the university, and they were both Christians. And, um, and please, as an adjunct to that, please, when you dream, write down your dreams. This is a very serious season we are in. So one of the brothers had a dream. And so woke the other one. What did he see in the dream? He saw the mother died. 
Just as I saw a dream, my mother died, you know, around 92,000. You know, she still lived 10 years after that. And that dream that her mother died actually was a deeper revelation for me, which I've shared with some of you, which actually was calling my mom. So usually when people are close to you, when God wants to reveal things to you, we make it very shocking. But anyway, whatever the reason, this brother saw that his own mother died and woke his uh, roommate. I said, ah, please, 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 please. Whatever, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., please pray with me. I saw a very vivid dream that my mother died. I don't want my mother to die. Please join me in prayer. So when I said, oh, okay, okay. And then yeah, I just pray a little bit in spirit and slept off. And this brother pressed on and pressed and pressed. Lord, don't let my mother die. Let her eat the good of fruit of her labor and all the rest of that. Praise God. They woke up next morning. They got a phone call. Did God answer the prayer? I don't know whether I did or did not. What was the phone call? The mother of the person that slept died. Be unselfish. Whether something was pushed onto him or whatever. But the truth of the matter is that when we come in here, let's see the power of God we manifest. That power might be for you. Might be for you. Because of my time, number three, the peace of God. It's an evidence that the Holy Spirit is present. Number one, is presence, tangible. You will feel it. Does not need to do anything. Does not need to cause anything to happen. But just, just the knowing. Number two, the power. Doing miracles, changes our lives, turning circumstances around. And number three, the peace. When a life is constantly mad in chaos, and I mean constantly, we all have ups and downs. We all, but you know, in the morning chaos, there's no respite at all. More often than not, it's either that the person has allowed the devil to push him away from God. Who can give him comfort? I'm very, very poignant. What the sister said. That's your fact. That was cool. I've been an introduction to my message. It's not so much about who, where, what you're even going through. No, no, no matter. It's who is there. If Jesus is there, you are, you are sorted. And that's the worst thing we do to ourselves. We keep behaving as if he's not there with you. Jesus is with you. The Holy Spirit is with you. And it will manifest his power in your life. I want us to pray. But I want us to pray along this line. Before we do that, remember the number one and most important thing that when God is with you, he will do. What is it? Is that he will establish a relationship with you. Emmanuel. The same bread that he said, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Another place, he said, you shall call his name Jesus. For what? He shall save his people from there. So when Emmanuel comes, Emmanuel's plan is that he will save his people from their sins. And that is the starting point. If a person is still held by the power of sin, he's not going very far. In fact, another name for the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Holiness. In the book of Romans, we find in the Spirit of Holiness. So above all things, in your work, in your life, let that be number one. Am I enjoying the help of the Holy Spirit? Making me to live above board. Oh, it's a journey. Maybe you are not there yet. No, 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 no. Don't worry yourself. As long as you are in that boat, you will reach your destination. The most important thing, you don't leave. You should be getting better. You should be walking farther and farther away from where you are. And so it's a daily thing for every one of us to check ourselves. Am I where I should be? Have I really, really, and truly given my heart to Jesus? The time is short. We're celebrating, you know, one of our own, a 79-year-old man who has gone to be with the Lord. You know, unless one is not sensitive, will you not desire 
And when your own time comes, you know, without holding any pulpit, without having great riches, without having the traveling ministry, and the very few, only, it's only the very few, if I were to pick the phone and call as far as the other ends of the earth, people that he knows in Australia, all that have been blessed by him, all started by having a sound Christian experience. One of the last things I spoke to Elder Ron about, one of the main things that I can always say about him, that man met Jesus genuinely. Oh, thorough. And, that, and that's what is driving him. That, that was what drove him, rather. That's what drove him when he was there. That's why if you ask him to give testimony, he will just, oh, the, because he had a genuine experience. It's your own experience genuine. If it's genuine, please don't lose it. Do you know the very, very day? Because where God is taking us is more than just coasting along with others. Do you know the day, very, very day, in which you know your life was transformed? Oh, did you get all sorted that day? Of course, you wouldn't be. Peter didn't get sorted the same day. John did not get sorted the same day. But one thing is sure, they changed their course. They got on the right line. Not because they were following other people, but they were following Jesus directly. They were following him. They knew him. It's not just what the pastor says. It's what they knew. They knew the day. Apart, apart from I knew Bible more than the person that was preaching to me. Oh, I knew. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I won the church that I grew. I won the Dalzizan Prize for knowing Bible. But I didn't know Jesus. Do you have him in your life? I won't stop saying that. And don't let your mouth stop saying that as well. As usual, we have the opportunity after service to have that one-to-one, that depth of it, so that it will be sound and genuine, not just the prayer we pray in front, which God uses many at times. Sometimes God does not want to use net. Sometimes we don't want to use to use the hook. You have the liberty to see me after service. And as you come there, I'll be able to talk lovingly, explain it better. Or maybe you have been doubting. Well, I, I think so. I think so. No, it's not a thing so. I know so. And you have to. And as you do that, Christ will be glorified in your life. It's not what I have, but who I have. Are you ready to pray? Rise on your feet with me, please. Just five minutes we pray. It's not where I am, but who is there with me. We shall triumph. We shall triumph. We shall rise above and over our circumstances in the name of Jesus. Once again, Father, touch the heart of your people. Anyone who is in the valley of decision... Holy Spirit, don't let go. I plead with you. I stand as an intercessor for that person. Let the work be complete today. Let them be able to stand and say, I know Jesus is with me. I know I belong to him. Don't let the devil stop anyone. Let the work be fully done. Thank you, Father, Lord. One prayer point, Holy Spirit, please. Manifest yourself through me. Manifest yourself. Pray whichever way you want to pray. Manifest yourself. Holy Spirit, manifest yourself through me. Through thick and thin, manifest yourself through me. Let your spirit rest upon me. Manifest yourself. Manifest yourself through me, Holy Spirit. Pour your spirit upon me. Let me know your presence. And because you are there with me, my burden shall be lifted. 
because you are there with me, my soul shall be free from every encumberment and every limitation in the name that's above all names. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I believe the Lord is giving us the opportunity to be able to pray because we can't say that the power of the Lord, you can't say that when the Holy Spirit is present, the power will be present. And we don't allow God to manifest that power. So today, as we begin to worship God, whichever way the Lord will do it, maybe healing, maybe deliverance, maybe provision, maybe establishing you in your Christian work, the power shall show up in your life. Amen. Shall show up today. Amen. Shall show up this week. Amen. It's his plan, it's his purpose, it's his will. That he may make it known to the world through you. That if he's with a man, if he's with a woman, their lives will never remain the same. So begin to just give thanks unto him. You begin to now look up unto the heaven and say, manifest your power, Lord, in my life. Choir, just lead us and as we just wait on the Lord and see whichever direction he wants to touch, touch us here right now. Just see the direction. Somebody in your heart, choir, just begin to minister. Somebody in your heart, you have been saying the Lord should mention your case or your case's problem of a left eye pain. The Lord has remembered you. Just rejoice right now because the Lord is touching that situation right now. The Lord is touching that situation right now. Let's just begin to worship the Lord. And, and let, let's see him manifest himself. Let's see him manifest himself. Somebody there, somebody there, you are so weighed down by, by, by the burden that you are going through. You are about turning back from Jesus. You are not in this room. You are listening from a distance. And the Lord is asking me to tell you, just a little while. Just a little while. And your story will change. Wait for him. And you will come back here in the name of Jesus to testify that the Lord has surprised you. He has done more than you can pray, you can believe for. Let's just begin to worship the Lord. Let's begin to worship. Let's, let's spend another minute, another five minutes or less, and, and just see how, what the Lord will do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Key in unto the source of all power. He in into the source of all grace. Let the hand of the Father rest upon you right now. As they are singing that song, you have a long term health problem. Come forward now. So that God, as I join my faith with yours, the Lord will touch you and will heal you. You've got a long-term health problem. Quickly come forward right now so that we can minister to you and pray for you. Quickly, quickly come forward. Hallelujah. presence is manifest, mighty things we have. Let the glory of the Lord come down right now in the name of Jesus. 
Thank you, Father. Do it again, Holy Spirit. Let no one leave here the same. This was my request unto you, and I know you've granted it. That's why everything and anything that hinders or holds anyone down, let also chains and shackles be broken now. If the sun shall make you free, you will be free indeed. Be free. I said be free. Every curse that has been broken, they remain broken in the name of the Lord Jesus. You shall never be beneath anymore. Above only you will be. And I pray, Father Lord, that every one of us, we shall live here telling others about Jesus. Because when you've done it, that's the only thing we promise to do, Lord. We will tell others. We tell them that Jesus still heals, still delivers, still prospers, still lifts up. And so from now on, we declare with all our hearts, because we have Jesus, we have everything. And very soon, Lord, this house, we, con- we go to a next level of what you have called it to be. The house of prayer, the house of deliverance, the house of salvation, so shall it be in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you honor and glory. Jesus' mighty name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. Give God praise. Hallelujah. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.